Hey guys, good morning. Good morning. morning. I was, I, I just want to share this with you. This has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But I was walking down and I saw the rain coming down, and I had that image of that Forrest Gump. How many of you guys remember Forrest Gump? And you know he's talking about sideways rain, rain that come from under you. I don't know why, but it was like going like in circles out there. I don't even know. We're gonna have to get a boat to go home. Um, it's insane. It stopped now though, so it really lost its effect. Because um, I could have been like, look out the door, but nothing's happening. Um, listen, I'm really glad to be hanging out with you guys today. My name's Ryan. If this is your first time, I'm the family pastor here. Um, I don't normally um, get up here. Chris is usually up here communicating, but we talked a few months about, ago about doing an Orange Week and kind of talking about what it means to be orange in our church. And um, for those of you who like hate uh, Tennessee UT or something, you're ready to throw up. Sorry about that. Um, it has nothing to do with that. This idea had, was completely made apart from them. Um, this week, I spent my week, well, from Tuesday on down at a conference called Orange, coincidentally enough. And um, the, the whole premise of it is talking about how we can partner with families as a church. And there's this book called Think Orange, and uh, I didn't write it. Uh, Reggie Joyner did. I'm not that smart. But the whole deal is, is that a lot of times when you spend a lot of your time just um, working with, with kids, you find that you've got a couple dynamics. You've got one that is um, the, the, the church is working on the kids from one avenue and, and they're trying to pour into them intentionally whatever they want them to know. And then the parents are, are pouring into their kids' spiritual matters from whatever they want them to know. And then nobody is doing We're not working together. You know, you've got this, you got it on this side and then you got it on this side. And really you're just hoping for the best. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then you've got the other avenue where it's just, hey, take them to church. And it's the church's responsibility to worry about their spiritual growth and all that stuff. It's just, it's not our problem, not our deal. And that's okay. Um, that it, we want to encourage you to work with your kids at home as well and not put that responsibility on us. But those are kind of the two different things. Well, what we started thinking about and what um, Reggie really put into words that I would have never been able to put is how do we take those influences and say, okay, we want you to work in the life of your kids at home and we want to work in the lives of your kids at church and we want to be talking about the same things and going at it with them the same approach so that we can make the same impact. What would happen if we started doing that? And, and Reggie really started, Reggie Jordan, the guy that wrote this book and puts a conference on, he really started pushing the envelope on what would that look like? What would, would we accomplish? A few years ago, he started this conference called Orange Conference. And it was for leaders to come through, from across the country to come and hang out. And there's about, you know, 4,500, 5,000 leaders that come to this conference and talk about how does it look to incorporate the family into what we're doing at the church and to incorporate the church into what's going on in the family so that we're working together for the same motive. Because everybody knows two influences are better than one, right? You remember when you were a kid and you wanted like someone, something to happen your way? You know, you got a friend, you need to talk him into something. You might hit the other friend up, right? And, you know, one of you other be like, listen, you need to go and bug him about this. We need to have, we need to have this happen. You know, I do that to Chris all the time. I'll be like, hey, I want to I have something happen, so I'll talk to him about it, and then I'll send everybody I know to go and bug him about it. I'm just kidding. I don't ever do that to Chris. But it's two influences are better than one, right? The whole idea is if you're hearing it from both sides, it's going to sink in. You're gonna, it's going to understand, and you're going to go deeper. Well, one of the questions they asked at Orange, one of the questions they kept hitting on was, what's in your heart? What's in your heart as a leader? What do you want to see happen in, in the world, in your church, in your family? What's in your heart? And I knew immediately, the, the first time they started really kind of proposing that question, what's in your heart, what's in your heart? I knew what God had put 
in my heart. And in the last night, the last session, they spent the entire session just talking about what's that look like to you? What's God telling you to do at your home or in the world or at your job or at your church? What's God telling you to do? And I, I know that God put on my heart to change and impact the next generation. To change and impact the next generation. To have kids that aren't necessarily so concerned with uh, anything, all this other stuff, all the media, all the, all the stuff going on around them, but to be concerned about who Jesus is and what Jesus has for their life and what God wants to do in their life. I truly believe that if we start impacting the next generation, we have the potential to change the world. We have the potential to change the world, but it's probably not going to start just right here. We can light a fire and it can go, but we've got to change the next generation so they'll change the next generation. So they'll change the next generation. Because what we have is a, a lot of people who don't really, they look at God as this sometimes whatever thing. And we have the opportunity to change their mindset and say, hey, listen, you can have God in a part of all of your life and he will, he will explode and he will use you to do things you never thought imaginable. If anybody would have ever told me that I would be at a church like one church doing what I would, I would have laughed. I would have said, you are crazy. I can hardly read. But God is so much bigger than me and so much bigger than you that if we let him have a part of all this, he can change the next generation. And I know that's what he made me to do. I don't have, you know, it, for those of you who have been in the church circle, or not, you know, a lot of people look at different job opportunities as stepping stones. That's just not, that's just not my thing. I'm where I want to be. <laughs> um, I, don't, I love you guys, but I, I like kids. Um, they're more fun. They're more relaxed. Um, and I can help them change their family tree. It's not that I can't help you guys, but that's, that's just what I've been called to do because God made me to do that. And when you start doing what God's made you to do, you know that you can't ever feel any more fulfilled. And I know God's made me to be a father and made me to invest in the lives of kids and families so that I can change the next generation, so that I can impact the next generation. So that whole thought of orange is how I feel like that God's going to best do that. All right, so what I want to kind of break down for you really quick is what orange looks like. Because, you know, we just say orange, and I don't want you to walk out of here being like, I have no idea um, what happened there. I don't, why did they let him talk? Um, and why was he wearing that orange shirt? Um, I don't want that to be what happens, uh, you know, because I don't like wearing orange shirts. It's not um, in my color wheel, if you will. Um, it's, not a, uh, it's not a very fashionable color for me. It makes me look like um, an orange because... Um, I'm wide, so I prefer to wear other colors, you know, black, like thinning ones, because I need all the help I can get, stuff like that. Um, but for you guys, I don't mind looking completely large for an hour or so. Um, the whole idea behind, somebody tell me real quick, what two colors make orange? You don't have to raise your hand, just yell it out. Yellow and red, right? I heard everybody was like a difference, like yellow and red. Yellow and red, I heard them say it, it must be right. Yellow and red, that's right. You take red, you take yellow, you mix them together, you get orange. Okay, so that's the whole idea behind it is that we're going to take yellow, which is the church, and we're going to combine them with red, which is the home, and we're going to make orange. It's crazy, right? It's a crazy thought. Our whole, our, our whole, my whole job here is to partner with families so that we can impact your children together. That's what our family ministry is here to do. Um, if you're sending them to me hoping that I'll change them, or that's not... 
that's not, we're fine with that, and we'll love on them, and we will put the best environments for, in place for them that we can, and we will tell them about Jesus. But you're really just playing a game of hope. But if we start doing our part, and then you start doing your part, and then we start doing it for the same strategy, that's not hope anymore. We are going to raise up the next generation of Christ followers and Christ leaders out of one church that are going to go and that are going to do the same things across the globe. Oh, right, that's, I know. That's what I'm telling you. That's my vision. That's what I see happening. 20 years from now, I'm hoping people, kids who have been with me, were with me forever are coming back and they're like, Ryan, I, I want to I do that. I want to I invest in kids. I want to invest in families. And I can, we can send them out as a church or as a person to go and do the same thing in another location. Our, our vision for one church is huge. It's huge. And it has nothing to do with, yeah, numbers are great. We want to reach this city. We want to flip Clarksville on its head for Jesus Christ. And that's our goal. Absolutely. But more than that, we want to equip you guys to flip Clarksville on its head for Jesus Christ. And all that other stuff will happen. So when we start thinking about thinking orange, we want to say, okay, we're yellow. We're going to do our thing. We're going to invest. And we're going to, we're going to create environments. And we're going to tell them about what we want them to know. And we're going to unpack it. But then we want to empower you to do the same thing at home. There's a few statistics I want, to, I want to talk with you guys about. They're going to be up on the screen. I forget. I got this. 28% of parents put a priority on other adult relationships. 28% of parents. Now, what that means is there's 28% of you in this room that say it's important for your kid to have other adult relationships. Whether it's adult relationships with um, uh, can't talk. T-ball coach, basketball coach, soccer coach, teachers, small group leaders, other committed adult parents, whatever. You say, 28% of you say that's important. 63% of you, it was important to them, but have done nothing to accomplish it in the last 12 months. So what that means is, is if I asked you, if I polled you, 63% of you would say, yes, absolutely, that's important. But you probably have done nothing over the past year to be intentional about that, about engaging them in other relationships. 35% of parents said they thought the church was clear on their expectations of parents. They don't know how to leverage their, their parenthood. They don't know how to leverage what we're doing. 35% of you guys would say that, yes, you understand what we're here to do, but you don't understand how that works in your context. What does that work? What does that look like for you? Now, for some of you, you're sitting here and you're like, dude, I don't have any kids. Why are you talking to me? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring you into the mix. I promise. Just keep up. So at the end, you're not like, oh, he's talking to me now. 35% of you guys say, Yes, we understand. So that's what we want to do. That's what this whole weekend's about, is helping you understand and clear up expectations. We're not going to be able to do it in a day. It's going to take us a while. But that is where we're going, okay? So what I want to share with you is if you guys take priority and put in, you, if you say you take priority and put it in other adult relationships, some of you say, yes, we do that, and you're intentional about it. Others of you say, yes, we do that, but we're not intentional about it. We just hope for the best, okay? Let me show you with you the top four influences in a kid's life. All right, you don't have to write these down. I just want you to process through it. Number one, parents. Parents. And for all of you that are sitting out there going, duh, you know, obviously, you should process through what that means in your family. Like, if you know that you're the number one influence, what are you doing and how are you influencing your child? Number two, non-parental committed adults, small group leaders, coaches, all that stuff. Those are the number two influencer kids. Three, non-parental, non-committed adults and peers. So basically people they look up to. 
So like if your kid saw me or if a child saw me and said, you know, he's really uh, silly and goofy and I like him, but we didn't really have any connection, you know, or if it's just somebody that could care less about your kid. That's not me. I love your kids, but could care less about your kids, but your kids look up to them. Those are the number three, if that makes sense. Number four is media and ecology. Media. Media. That was huge for me. I was shocked when I found out that media was number four. I'm going to be honest with you. Is there anybody else in here that's surprised by that? Is it just me? Okay, cool. Well, everybody's smarter than me. Thanks. Um, I was surprised by media. But, you know, when I started processing through it, it makes sense. I mean, you can, I can access the entire planet from my BlackBerry, right? If I had it up here, I could, you know, I could Twitter, Facebook. I could order stuff from Amazon. I could take down the CIA. You know, you can do everything from your handheld devices. And for parents, you know, for us, technology is a huge deal. But for your kids, like most of them know how to use your iPhone better than you do. You know, they don't, they just play, you know, you're like, how did you do that? I don't know. I just, I'm smart. They, they know how to do this. So it doesn't influence, it's just a toy. But the number one thing that it all, we're finding, you know, all the studies are concluding is that it comes back to relationships. The person that's going to have the most influence over your child is the person, the people they're in relationships with. And then parents by default. Because as some of you know, every kid is dying to be loved and have the affection of their parents. So you have the number one influence over your children. For those of you who serve, you have the number two influence over their children. So we want to leverage that all together so that we can create the next generation of Christ followers. Let me share something with you. I, as a a family ministry, as family ministry, we have 40 hours with your kids. 40. By the time we factor in, um, you guys, you know, taking vacations, not coming because it's raining, kids throwing up, all that fun stuff, I get 40 hours. 40 hours a year, not in the whole 18 years, 40 hours a year. Right? That's if we've, that's for our committed people that show up. If you, you, you would be here, I would get 40 hours with your kids in the next year. 40. So what we do with that 40 is we leverage it. One, this, one of the cool things about this conference is that at the end of most of their little sessions, they do a lot of question and answer times. And I'm hearing people ask these questions, and I'm like, I'm like this doesn't even apply to me. I, I can't, because I don't have to deal with what they deal with, because I have a pastor and a staff that fully support your family. And they fully support what we want to do here. So we take a huge part of our budget to invest in your children, making, creating environments for them, creating moments for them, investing in their lives, putting small groups with them. We get 40 hours, though. You guys get 3,000 hours a year with your kids. And that's just, that doesn't count sleeping. You get 3,000 hours to invest in the lives of your kids. I get 40, you get 3,000. I get 40, you get 3,000. Now, common sense would tell someone, it did me anyway, that if I got, if I have 40 hours with your kids, I want to take that and I want to leverage that the best way I can, but if you have 3,000 hours with your kids, then why don't we take our, my yellow, the church is yellow and you're red. And why don't we work together so that all 3,000 hours are orange hours? Why don't we work together 
so that all of us are working towards the same goal to make the same impact, to accomplish the same thing. Why don't we take all those hours so that we have 3,040 orange hours? I was, I, you know, I had it in my mind that it would be cool to throw these out, but then that didn't go well last service. I, I hit some dude in the head, and then they didn't even go near people. It was bad. I felt like a girl. Um, I didn't realize I did. They're balls. They're, you know, they're not. Anyway, 3,040 orange hours. This is what we're going for. This is the goal. 3,040 orange hours. So we put our resources towards helping you come alongside of us and us to come alongside of you so that we can impact your kids together. We do that from birth all the way down, all the way up into seniors in high school. We work with the same intention and the same plan. We want to partner with you guys. And if you're not a parent, we want to partner with you too. Because either you're going to be a parent one day or you can serve. And we want you to help us partner with parents so that we can make an impact. I want to show you guys this out of the Bible so you think I'm not just up here talking. We're going to go to Deuteronomy. It's in the Old Testament. Just go to the front and go for a minute and you'll find it. It's not far. It's really not the best way to explain it, but it's in there, I promise. Um, If you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen. Deuteronomy 6. We're going to start in verse 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. That was a lot of verses, right? I want to kind of, I just want to dialogue about those for just a second. Okay, because Moses, what Moses is talking about here, and he kind of touched on something that we have expanded upon and that Orange has really expanded about. He says, tell them when you're driving, or it well, doesn't say driving in there because obviously Moses didn't drive. Um, but they, they tell when you're, when you're traveling, when you're going from here to there, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up, when you're eating, when you're doing all that stuff, tell them about what God has done for you. you this, this really never clicked with me, but a few months ago, I was having dinner with a mentor of mine, and um, it was one of our first conversations, and now we meet weekly because I just latched onto him, but he kind of was talking to me, he was talking through to me about some stuff, and I was telling him, I said, one of, my, one of the things that I struggle with most is that I always feel like my kids, because my, my oldest daughter has seen me at my worst, okay, she has seen daddy, um, well, it's just, she's seen and, you know, probably even thought, why God, why, why did I get this dad, you know? She's seen me at my absolute worst. And I was talking about, you know, the fact that I hope that that doesn't somehow scar her forever. You know, that, that she'll succeed in spite of me. And she totally has. Um, she is the most amazing child. And God is definitely going to use her 
to shape and, and to change the next generation. She's already smarter than me. She's like seven. Brings me math homework to check, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, she, she's a straight-A student. She is an amazing, amazing child. She has a huge heart. She's, she's going to succeed in despite of me. But he said something to me that I will never, as long as I live, forget. I'll be 60 years from now talking about this statement because it changed forever the way I view family. He said, you know, Ryan, what's really cool is that when God does something in your life and there's a radical change forever, your kid will know that God is real because what you allowed her to see him do in you. But because of what I allowed God to do inside of my life and because I allowed God to radically change me, that'll be a a spiritual marker where my daughter will know that God is absolutely real and that he absolutely does transform people and that his grace absolutely is enough and that he can change and transform the people around us and us ourselves. That will forever be a marker for her. If I'm real and I allow her to see us hurt and see me struggle and see me go through hard times, not share it all with her in detail, but don't hide it from her and act like we're the perfect leave it to beaver family, but just say, you know what? Daddy's not doing so well right now. Or you know what? This is, when we do that and then when God shows up, that will forever be a reminder in her life that God is real and that God is who we said he was all this time that we weren't just making it up. One of the huge, huge gaps between what we do in church and what we do at home is we talk about how great God is, but we never allow Him to show up in our house and do anything. We separate the two as though they don't coexist and they're not together. But when we just say, you know what, we're not perfect. I'm an imperfect person and outside of grace I'd be dead. But God is good, God's grace is enough, and He loves me for some unknown reason. When God makes those transformations in us, and our children can see it, that will forever be a marker that they say, you know what, you can say what you want about God, but I saw God transform the life of a dude that I know very well that should probably not be doing anything other than working in a, well, it doesn't matter. That almost was, you stick my foot right down my throat there. I caught it. I shouldn't be, I tell Chris about weekly, I tell our staff about weekly, you guys, you should have hired somebody more appropriate for this job. I shouldn't be here. But because of God and because his grace is enough, I am and I get to spend 40 hours a week, a year with your kids and I want to invest in them. But more than that, I want to help you invest in them with your 3,000 hours so that they'll all orange, so that they're, we're all working for the same things. So if, God willing, I get to keep some of your kids from zero to 18, at the end of those 18 years, we have created somebody that we're all just going to sit back and watch and go, (laughs) God's going to use you. I mean, it's not even funny. God's going to do stuff through you, and we're going to be just going, hey, I knew him. God's allowing us to invest in the lives of these kids and the next generation so that we can be a part of impacting the next generation. And Moses is telling them, dude, tell them about that stuff. Talk to them about it. Always tell them about what's going on. Remember that you didn't do anything to deserve the promised land. I didn't have to save you from slavery, but I did. So you're going to the promised land. You're going to get a whole bunch of stuff you didn't earn, you didn't deserve. Remember to tell your kids about it. Or they'll forget. Or they'll never know. And they'll just think they deserve everything. How many of you have ever seen a kid who thinks they deserve everything? I've got a couple. Don't know why. I hit them regularly. I still... <laughs> they think they deserve everything. You know, try drop kicks. It just... So we've invested in some tools. 
to help you guys, to help you guys do this. Because I know some of you are thinking, dude, whoa, I don't know. I, I don't know if you know this, but we're in here while you're in there. We can't really see what's happening unless our kids can break it down for us. And how many of you have ever picked your kids up and been like, what'd you do today? I had a snack. That's not what we're going for, but it happens. Okay? You know, and you're like, okay. Well, animal crackers sure are good. Where do we go from here? Okay? So we're going to help you unpack that a little bit more with them. So we're going to offer you some resources. Now, let me share something with you for anybody in here. This one, maybe nobody. I may be the freak. Okay? Could be. I don't think so, but. It's weird for me. I can get up here. We could put, we could fill every one of these seats, have people standing around. I'm whatever. I'm up here now. It's fine. I'll get really nervous before, but I don't care when I'm up here. I'm, I'm happy to be. This is what God made me to do. But you put me like just one-on-one with my children, and I need to have a diaper on. It, for, it scares me to death. I know, right? It's weird. But for some of you who never saw this modeled as a kid, and I never realized it. I just thought I was weird. Never talked about it. Just was like, oh, ha, ha, you know, freaking out. And I'm that way. If you put me in front of five or ten little kids, I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do. don't know what to do. I just, but with my own kids even, I still, it makes me nervous. It freaks me out. So you, it's not abnormal to feel that way. But I never saw it that way in my family. We never talked about that kind of stuff. God was not on the list of things to discuss. We didn't really discuss much unless they were yelling. But even in some of you guys' families, you grew up with wonderful parents, but you just never talked about Jesus. That's okay. But for you, it feels weird because you never experienced it. Everything feels weird when you don't experience it. So we're setting you up to make this as easy as possible. If you've got a preschooler, how many of you have got a Wonderlander? Preschooler. All right, there's a big group in here, okay? We've got what we call these small talk cards, okay? And by cards, we mean small talk pieces of paper um, because they look like this every, every month. And we put them out there on our children's hub, and you can go, and it's going to break down for you what we're talking about. What's the memory verse? What's, all this, what's happening in there? Do they just run around in circles and eat? Or did they, does something happen? And stuff happens. And we want you to take these and invest in the lives of your kids and use these. On the back, they've got some stuff. You know, it says play time, car time, bath time, cuddle time. And for you manly man, you're like, cuddle time. Whoa, dude. Whoa. But you know what I'm talking about. Cuddle time means, you know, your little girls, your, your little boy walks up and says, hey, I want to hang out with you. I want to sit with you. I've got my daughter, my middle daughter. She actually, um, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting visual when you think about it. But she is, gets her words a little mixed up. And she walks up to me all the time. And she's like, dad, I want to hold you. And then she puts her, and you know, she doesn't mean she really wants to pick me up because that's not possible. But she says she wants to hold me. And that means she wants me to pick her up and love on her. And she wants to sit with me. And dude, I love you guys. But when that's going on, nobody else really exists. Okay. Uh, my phone's not ringing. I don't hear it. I'm just loving on my daughter. My, my, my oldest, she's seven. She still likes to come and sit and get in my lap. And that's what they mean by cuddle time. Use your time that you have wisely. Use it to say, okay. What what you learning about in Wonderland? And then it'll walk you through what to say. Oh, dude, it don't get any easier than that. In One Way Street, we got a couple more things. We got God time cards, right? Now, everybody, some people make more out of this. It's a a four-day devotion, okay, to go over what we've already talked about. I've got another family pastor friend of mine in the area, and we just went to, the, he, me and him went to this conference together, and we're talking on the way back, and we're laughing, because of sometimes parents get so freaked out by these God time cards, but all it is is, all you, I mean, just sit with your kids and read it. Just read it to them, even if you're not a good reader. It'll be fine. 
Just, and just dialogue about it. Open it up for them to discuss it. This is for them to have quiet time with God. And this is for you to be able to do that with them. You know, we were laughing because people make it. And he's like, dude, I literally, I open mine up and I just read it. You know, and sometimes we give this impression that we're the most spiritual beings on the planet, you know, and that we're lighting fires and we're bringing donkeys in and there's a circus going on for Jesus in their bedroom every night. It's just not what happens, okay? We're busy too. We understand things go crazy, things happen. We haven't built a massive altar in our house in which I stand and preach to them once a week. It's just not how it happens. I don't throw incense around the house, you know, I don't burn it. We do, we're going, going, going too. So I can take this and I can take five minutes with my children and say, hey, da da da, read it. What do you think about that? What's that mean to you? That's a basic way that we can partner to accomplish the same thing. In all of our environments, we talk about one thing a month. We talk about one big idea. In One Way Street this week, it's patience. I mean, this month, it's patience. How many of you got some kids that are impatient? All right. Wow, dude, I need to learn some parenting tips. A lot of you guys are like, no, we're good. <laughs> my kids drive me sane with impatience, especially my son. You know, he will literally burn the house down if I don't give him juice when he wants it. <laughs> I wish he was in there right now. He's two, though. He wouldn't understand. I just hit him. Um... I'm kidding. I don't hit my children, seriously. Um, But every once in a while. Um, (laughs) We've also got, these are my favorite things here, okay? These are our virtue packs, right? Now, inside of these um, are a CD. It's got music in it to talk to, so you guys can know. It's a lot of the same music we do in One Way Street. So you guys can be listening to the same music. I can't tell you how many parents have walked up to me and said, dude, they love the music you're doing in there. How do we get some of it? Get a virtue pack. Get a virtue pack. We rock it out in One Way Street every single week. We've got four worship leaders that just absolutely hit home runs. If you ever get a moment, you ought to come in and peek. You'll be like, dude, this is awesome. They're crazy. They act absolutely ridiculous, and the kids love every minute of it. We're setting that up. So in here, there's some more stuff to do. Drive time so you can talk about it. There's some more stuff to do. Bedtime, nighttime, bath time. It's in here. We provide this for you for free. For free. And they're not free for me to get. I'm not that creative. I didn't make these. But you can have them and you can take them and you can start investing in the lives of your kids. They're huge. We use them and they're great for us because we drive a lot. We are always on the go. It seems like in our life we never get to stop going. A day where we do nothing is from the Lord. I sit on my, I, just, I literally, I just sit somewhere and just the whole time, just, oh, you know, I'm just soaking it in. We just don't ever get to stop. And I know I'm not the only person in this, in this room like that. So they create, we've created, well, we haven't created, they've created, we offer things for you to be able to tap into that. For those of you who don't have kids and you're like, dude, I want to get this last 20 minutes of my life back, 30 minutes of my life back. I want to talk to you for just a second. And this is still for you, parents. We want to take all 3,040 of our hours and we want to make them orange hours because we think if we're all guessing, we'll just come up with red or you know, green or yellow. It'll just be whatever and it'll be a guess. We're just hoping for the best. So we want to use our influence and we want to leverage your influence and help you. And we want to make 3,040 hours. But dude, we cannot do that alone. We cannot. Listen, I'm a, I, I like to think of myself as a pretty amazing person. No, I'm just kidding. But I, you know what? I've got very little to do with what happens here on Sundays. 
If you're a volunteer, if you set up, if you run a wire, if you greet, I, I know most of you. If you lead a small, if you do anything involved volunteering your time for one church, I want you to stand up. No, no, right now, really, stand up. Listen, I'll start calling names. I know there's more. These are all our people that serve every week. You guys can sit. What if I made you stand the whole time I was talking? Wouldn't that be awkward? Oh, you good? Sorry, my daughter fell. Um, <laughs> I want my train of thought. Just woo. Um, grab it back. Um, those, are the, those are our heroes, okay? We couldn't do it without them. If they weren't here every week to do what we need them to do, if I didn't have Tina and Shannon and we didn't have the people behind the scenes running sound and our people up in our media booth, Miss Cindy and Miss Kelsey, if we didn't have all those people making this happen every single week, I would literally be in a nice padded room. And I'm not kidding. I would lose it. I'd freak out. They are the heroes of what we do here. They believe that Jesus is big enough and that he's huge enough that they want to share it with everybody in however they can and however their gifting may be. I've got, I've got one lady on my team who she, she has a specific place that she plugs in, but literally, I use her as my go-to person. If I need something, she's the first person that comes to mind. I probably ask her to do so much. It's amazing she still loves me. That's all she does is she just supports me. There's people like that that do that all over the place. That's all they do is they just want to support. They just want to invest in the lives of our kids and invest in the lives of the people that are coming in and out of here. In April, we averaged 550 people coming in and out of these doors. That's amazing. That's not what we're shooting for, but that's amazing. But without the volunteers, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't do any of it. And what, what we want you guys to understand is that when we get up here and we say, hey, volunteer, hey, get involved. It's not because we want to guilt you into doing something. We want you to have your tail tucked between your legs and walk out and sign up. You know what? If that's not where you're at right now, if you're just not ready to volunteer, that's fine. Don't go and sign up anyway. What we want you to understand is that God created you to do something. God created you to be in relationship with him and to serve him. So when you do that, when you serve God, when you do what he's made you to do, when you do what he's put on your heart, dude, you, it, this is for you. It's going to be huge for you. There's nothing that makes me feel more fulfilled than being a husband and a, and a father to my children and to serving you guys every single week. Because that's what God made me to do. That's what God put on my heart. Like, we're not asking you to do it for us. We want you to do it for you. Like, a lot of us have this, like, deal that serving is like this cross to bear. Oh, man, I got to... Dude, serving is the greatest part of my life. God has this huge story. And he he sent his son to die for me. And he wants me to be a part of the redemption. You, that's... Ah! He wants you to be a part of that. Like, that's not a cross to bear. That's like jump up and down, do cartwheels type stuff. He wants you to be a part of the life change that he offers people. That's huge. And that's for you, not for me. Not for me. Not for Josh, not for Chris. We want you to know that God's made you to do more and to be more than just showing up or just meandering through life. He's made you to be in relationship and to invest in the lives of the people around him 
to around you and to be Jesus in whatever way that looks like for you. There's so many people in here that do so much. I'm going to devastate this and Josh is going to come out and kill me right in front of everybody. He's made you to be a part of something special, something bigger than you. And the bottom line is, guys, we all want to be part of something bigger than us. Each and every one of us has that desire to be a part of something bigger than us. And I promise you, God is bigger than you. But we don't want to just go, we want to go orange with our parents. We, that's absolutely our goal. We want to partner with you, and we want to change the next generation. We want to impact the next generation. We want to start changing people's family tree. But we want to partner with people that want to volunteer. So that as the church we're working, and as you guys, the body of the church are working, and we're coming together to make an impact on the community. Because as like loud as I am, I can't talk to them all. Chris can't get out there and talk to them all. He would try. (laughs) He's the most relational person I've ever met. It's amazing. But still, there's only so much he can do. Josh, we love you guys, and we love Clarksville. Like, I didn't move here for fun. I love Clarksville. I've got a heart for this town. I've got a heart for you guys. But I know that I can't do it alone. So we want to empower you and equip you to go out and make a difference. So if you want to serve... When you go out, we've gone orange ballistic. There's orange everywhere. Just walk up to something orange and say, I want to serve. And we'll plug you in. What's on your heart, though? What do you want to do? Don't just walk out and guess. Do you have a heart for kids? If you hate children, don't sign up for children. Okay? If preschoolers make you want to play in traffic with a blindfold on, stay away from them. If every time a student says something smart aleck to you, you have the thought that it would be really fun to snap their neck, don't sign up for relevant. We're good. We got it. They got all the violent people in there that they need in me. Okay? If you don't like human beings, okay? If you're not a big fan of just people, you know, when you walk up, if it would actually hurt you to smile at them, don't go, don't sign up to greet. What's on your heart? What's on your heart? It may be something as simple as, dude, we've got a team of guys who show up here every Sunday morning at 530. And they unroll wires. And they bring stuff down. And they just set up one church. It takes three and a half hours to set up one church. What you see, we didn't just show up and go, let's do it. Let's just put a mic out there. It's not how it goes, man. Three and a half hours of us pumping and going, running. That's something you feel like you can do. You're like, dude, I don't really like humans. I don't like kids. You know, really, I just don't like people in general. You can do that. It's for you, not for us. I want to read you the last part of Deuteronomy uh, that I I left off there. We're going to start in verse 12. Be careful to not forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve him. When you take an oath, you must use only his name. What Moses is saying there is, if you don't, if he's not saying, if you don't serve, we're coming after you. You know what? We're, gonna just, we're just going to get a whip. And when you walked out, we're we'll like, did you serve? You say, no, we're going to hit you. It's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is you were made to serve. You were made to be 
in relationship with God and in relationship with people and to serve God. And the most of the time, serving God is by serving his people. Please don't walk out of here and think, you know what, that dude just guilt. We don't want that. We want you to be empowered and to be everything God made you to be so that you can impact this generation and the next and the next and the next. Every time, our vision for this place is huge. Like when I ask somebody to serve and they tell you no, I'm surprised. And it's not because I'm like, jerk. It's not like that at all. It's because I know the vision that God has given us for this place. And I know how many people it takes to change the world. And so when people say no, I'm surprised because I know that God's given us a vision because he doesn't give us a vision unless he's going to bring it to pass. And to bring it to pass, we got to have humans. So when people, when I'm like, hey, why don't you, and they're like, no, we're not ready. I'm not mad. I'm cool. I'm just, God, I know how many people this is going to take. And we ain't there yet. We know how many people it's going to take to, for one church to change this city and to change this, city, this, this state, change this country, and change this world. We don't show up here every day just hoping for the best. God's given us a vision, and we know that God's going to use one church for huge things. Whether it be with 600 people or 90,000, I firmly believe that my God put me here to impact the next generation. We want to change the world by telling them and letting them know about the love of Jesus Christ, the only dude who can, can change the world. Let's pray. Father God, uh, thank you for who you are. <laughs> Thank you for how you love us. Father, I thank you that you do give us the opportunity to empower and to reach out to our people and to reach out to your people. Father, I thank you that I get to be a parent. Father, I thank you that I'm at a church that wants to partner with me and my wife so that we can impact our children. Father, I thank you that you're bigger than us and you're more mighty than us and that through you, lives are changed and that through you and through your blood, people can take a huge, completely different life path. Father, as we go from here, let us to know that one church is a place that wants to partner, but more than that, Father, that you're a God that wants to change us and to mold us and that you want, you have so much more for us than just showing up. Father, we love you. In your name we pray.